Shallowing driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi, real left, Graham Zussi, Shallowy knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello and welcome to a playoff edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show, a rivalry edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts and stream your content. We don't care how you get it. We just are glad that you're listening today because, boy, do we have a great show in store for you. My name is Nate Bucati, and I am joined remotely by the one and only Ali Trost-Martin, the voice of Sporting Kansas City, who's also uh, blowing up on the Galazzo Network and CBS Sports and everything else you could imagine. So we're in different locations right now. I'm in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, getting ready to call uh, some more playoff games for FS1. And Ali, where are you right now? Let, let's set the scene for everybody. You look like you're in a fancy studio somewhere. Where are you right now? I'm currently in a soundproofed edit bay uh, at the CBS studios in Stamford, Connecticut. Just wrapped up uh, one of the afternoon shows that, I, that I'm a part of here on the Galazzo Network. And just so pumped to talk all things Sporting KC on uh, Wednesday morning. We had Daniel Shallowy on the morning footy show. Uh, he had a great interview. So Sporting Kansas City getting all the love on the national outlets now with the way that they've really turned things around and the run that they are having in this MLS. MLS Cup playoff so far, Nate, the only team to win on the road in that first game. The rest of the results went in favor of the home team. We're recording this on a Wednesday. So, of course, on Wednesday evening, Columbus will host Atlanta United. Not sure what will happen there. However, Columbus, the heavy favorites, especially with Tiago Amada out. But Sporting Kansas City really just surprising so many people but I think for everyone that's been following this team closely now it wasn't too much of a surprise I felt really good going into that first game now did I feel good enough to predict a 4-1 win with three absolute bangers from just outside or outside the box no um but I think it just goes to show how much confidence this sporting team is playing with right now it's incredible and one of the authors of one of those bangers, Remy Voltaire, is going to join us in the next segment of the show. So we'll have a chance. I'm going to try to find out from him because I, I, uh, I, I've I been using the word golazo a lot lately, not just because <laughs> you're a star on the golazo network, but because I just love that that term. Um, and so I'm going to I'm going to find out from him. Is there a term in French? that we can use when when he scores a goal like that because it certainly was incredible. Uh, we'll break down all of the amazing action that Ali just mentioned from that game in St. Louis. We'll preview a huge matchup on Sunday afternoon at Children's Mercy Park. Ali's birthday, my youngest son Andy's birthday at the same time. It's it's got it's setting up to be a hell of a party that I'm going to miss out on. Uh, <laughs> but I'll be there vicariously uh, through you, Ali, in, in that regard. Um, 
really quick, you, you mentioned having Daniel Shalaby on. You guys are doing a great job on the Galazzo Network. They crank out social media all the time. I'm doing my morning show, and I'm kind of checking Twitter, and it's just like there's content coming out. And so I see, oh, Daniel Shalaby's on. Uh, you guys had, I think, Johnny Russell on maybe a week or two ago. Are you give, is are we getting a little SKC bump on, on the Galazzo Network because there's a certain person there that's a personality on the show now? Are you feeding them a little, you know, hey, why don't we get another sporting guest on the show right now? Nate, I am probably insufferable to all of my coworkers, <laughs> especially right now with how well Sporting Kansas City is doing. Like, I, I need to maybe like check myself sometimes with how much <laughs> just love I'm giving this team or, oh, hey, need help prepping for the Daniel Shallowy interview? I've got you know, these nuggets on them, Johnny Russell, Peter Vermees. Yeah. Um, but no, it's been, I, I think what's been really cool. And I've been coming out here to Stanford since early June. And that was just as sporting was starting to turn things around. And I think what's so special is that, you know, MLS, we talk about this all the time. It's a big league. There are a lot of teams, the Eastern conference, the Western conference, there's a lot to keep up with. If you aren't competing uh, high up the table, People don't necessarily follow you as closely when they're trying to keep tabs on everything else that's going on. So I think what's been really cool for me is just, you know, the the ones that follow sporting closely, they're not surprised to see what they're doing right now necessarily. Uh, Was it a surprise to see them get into the playoffs? I, I think in some ways, yes, just because of how many things had to go right for them down the stretch that were in a lot of ways out of their own control. But the form that this team has been in and the stats will support it when you compare them to other teams in the West, we saw this coming and to see now uh, on a more national scale, people starting to really see just how special the sporting team is. And I think also see how loose they're playing right now, how much freeness is in the, the way in which they're going out in these playoff games and finding ways to win, whether it's by a scoreline of four to one or by advancing via penalties in the decision or in the uh, wild card game against San Jose. This team is battle tested. They have been playing in maybe not must win games, but don't drop points here games for many, 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 many weeks now. And I think that is just a scary, scary team to go up against when it comes to this time of year. And I think in that St. Louis game uh, at City Park, Sporting showed that in, in the most dominating way that they possibly could. Sporting Kansas City 4, St. Louis City 1. And you were having some fun banter on Twitter with some of the St. Louis folks because before the game, you were laying out that, hey, if they get this thing to penalties, look out. You know, all the reasons that Tim Melia dominates, Roman Berkey not necessarily so great in penalties, and somebody said, won't matter if it's 4-1. And uh, you had a little fun throwing that score back because oh, I don't think anybody expected it being in the no, reverse, right? <laughs> I, I remembered that tweet in particular because I saw the reply and I was like, yeah. I'm going to keep tabs on that one. Now, was I expecting to be able to go back and and bump it with a quote tweet uh, and have it be the exact score of the game? No, I was not. But sporting Kansas City, Nate, you got to give a lot of credit, number one, to the players who went out and executed in really bad weather. Uh, It looked miserable in St. Louis for that game. But Peter Vermees, tactical masterclass. He saw the ways in which this St. Louis team got the best of them, especially at city park in their first two regular season games there. And he made some tweaks, particularly in the midfield, going with a double pivot with Nemanja Rodoya and Remy Voltaire playing as a two holding mids with Gotti Kinda playing in front of them. And also made St. Louis play with more of the ball, which if you look at their past results, in the regular season, the times that they have not found as much success or have dropped points is when 
teams forced them to play with the ball. And you could tell they just didn't know what to do. And sporting were also just so efficient and quick getting forward. I, I mean, they looked like a, we hadn't seen that team before, the one mm-hmm. that we saw in that game against St. Louis. I, I don't know who that team was, but knowing that that team is in there, uh, again, very scary and sets us up now for a fantastic game two at Children's Mercy Park. But Sporting still, they've got a lot of work to do because this is going to be a St. Louis team that they want to get on the right side of this and not get out of the playoffs as the one seed. We're going to preview that matchup also on this show with Taylor Twelman coming up. We got a couple of Kansas. We got a Kansas City in here and me. We got a St. Louis person in Taylor Twelman, and then we've got Allie, who is is she claim she can claim both. Grew up in Kansas in uh, St. Louis, but uh, obviously we, she is one of our own. Uh, we say yeah, what, in Kansas City these days. How do you? What's like the term for that? It's I'm obviously not a dual national here, but what, what's like the dual, the, a dual the, citizen, the, I guess the dual citizen. Yeah. That's yeah. how it feels. But you know, you guys know I'm all Kansas city, cut me open and I bleed SKC blue. It's it's okay. Uh, it, it's been great. And we'll talk with Taylor. He's actually great about this stuff too. I mean, he's, he's really embraced what sporting Kansas city have done as, as a club. So we'll kind of preview that match with him in a little bit, but you know, you mentioned that the switching up of the tactics. I plan to talk to Remy about that here in a little bit as well. When you said who is this team, that's that's playoff sport in Kansas City. I think we we saw mm-hmm. this once before in my mind. Not exactly the yes. same in terms of tactics, but you know a game I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah, Vancouver Whitecaps, 2021. 100%. Yep, uh, changed it up, and I think that we got a little glimpse from Peter when he spoke in advance of these playoffs. Not just this game, but the wild card game as well. When he said style points don't matter at this point, all that matters mm-hmm. is winning. Sporting have a style of play. They feel the responsibility to try an enter- to play an entertaining brand of soccer to make their fans enjoy the way that they play. They're committed to that system, but when it gets to the playoffs, we have seen he is willing to be pragmatic about the way he approaches the game. I think what's going to be fascinating now, Allie, is what types of adjustments do Sporting Kansas City make? Do St. Louis make? Coming to Children's Mercy Park, knowing that St. Louis has to get a win to to extend this thing to a third game, that cat and mouse to me is going to be fascinating in this game. It is. And I think the other part that's going to be interesting, particularly for the St. Louis side, is Nate, this has got to be the first must-win game that they are playing in in their first year as an expansion franchise. They mm-hmm. have not had any pressure on their shoulders all year long. They finish as the one seed. All of the expectation for them coming into this first season was that eh, if they can even just finish close to the playoff line or as an eighth or ninth seed, that's that's considered a job well done. Well, they went out and they exceeded those expectations and maybe even surprised themselves a little bit at times to finish comfortably as the one seed. But when you look at how this St. Louis team ended the regular season, they dropped their final two regular season matches not registering a goal in either one and conceding five goals across both of those games. Then they lose 4-1 to Sporting at their home field, a place that has been a fortress for them this season. And they lose it in the most disappointing manner possible. They don't look like they have any cohesion or any answers offensively in that game. I don't know if changing tactics 
is enough. I, I think Bradley Carnell will certainly have to do that. And it'll be interesting to see if, if he can do so in a way that'll live up to that coach of the year bill as he is one of the, the finalists for that award. But to me, it's all about the mental side. And this Sporting KC team, as we both know, has the experience on their side where this St. Louis team doesn't have a lot of MLS Cup playoff experience across uh, their entire squad. And they're playing in a game that they have to win. And this is a position they have not been in this year. The momentum is not on their side. To me, it's going to be mentally. How do they answer the challenge that's in front of them? And and we're getting updates on what this Children's Mercy Park atmosphere is going to look like. Standing room only tickets available. Oh, man. And I have not been able to attend a single one of these games in person yet. I called the first game in St. Louis on Fox, but that was from down in the studio. And then I've been out of town for the other two games. I'm going to be out of town for this one because I'm calling another playoff game that night. Uh, I, you talk about FOMO. I mean, I'm having so much FOMO. <laughs> but, you know, it goes back to what I think is is so important about this rivalry. And, and in all seriousness, for me, Allie, I actually think everything that St. Louis has done this year, everyone from Kansas City should write them a big old thank you note. Because this is what has been missing from mm-hmm. Sporting Kansas City for some time. We we there was that rivalry with Houston. There was the rivalry with with Real Salt Lake. They they tried in the early days with Chicago, but then when you're bouncing from the east to west, that doesn't make any sense. And then it was the nicest rivalry in sports with Minnesota. And those were all fine, but none of them hit instantly the way this one. Like there's no question in anybody's mind. And honestly, Sporting has so much to be proud of of what they've accomplished since the rebrand, but really since the beginning, since 1996. But St. Louis, I think, has has goosed everybody in Kansas City a little bit. You know, where things might, I don't want to use the word complacent or stale or anything like that, but, you know, it, it, it needed a little kick in the butt, in my opinion. And I think that that game in Kansas City, when so many people from St. Louis came in, was one of those kind of kicks that people in the in the, in the organization, outside the organization, the fan base, like, Hey, we can't let this happen again. You know, we can't let a, a stadium be, what was it? A third, maybe more uh, red when sporting Kansas city plays. And you got to give St. Louis all the credit in the world for that. I expect a big response from the fans and from everybody this weekend, uh, which leads to what should be a raucous environment. Um, and, and then we get to the game. Is Johnny Russell going to be able to play? The fact that they were able to not use him in that last game, uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be wild. Well, I, to me, that is one of the biggest positives coming out of the win in in game one. Besides the result itself, with Sporting now having a chance with a win on Sunday to punch their ticket through to the semis of of the playoffs, you only had to play Eric Tommy for 20 minutes in that game. He's another player that's been carrying a, a bit of a knock and Johnny Russell didn't even need to come off the bench. So you've got two players who definitely needed some time off getting a chance to, to really, really nurse those injuries. And you also get a chance to now tactically approach this game differently and show St. Louis something that perhaps they haven't seen yet. Cause they're going to be planning for Gotti Kinda, as you should be with the game that he freaking had mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday night. And you get Gotti Kinda in a match like that. He's able to, to maybe improve his form as well. So I, it couldn't have been a better outcome for sporting who had been playing a lot of games 
on a very short rest, dealing with quite a few, you know, injuries to, to some really key players and to give two of them significant rest in that game is massive. And, and for St. Louis, you know, when I look at, I think areas in which they really struggled in the, in that match against SKC, one of the biggest has to be the fact that Shoal Klaus, who is arguably one of their most important goal scorers was kind of left on an Island at times in that game. I don't think Edward Leuven had his best night. Uh, Sporting won the midfield battle, which is not what you could say about the past meetings between Sporting and St. Louis. And I also think that Sam Adinaran is one of their better offensive players. And I think they waited a little too long to bring him into the game. So those are areas that I'm interested to see how St. Louis try to get themselves in better attacking spots. But Sporting, you got to give them credit. In these last few games, there has been a new level of commitment on defense. And I mean, two stars on the rise in Logan and Denbe and Jake Davis playing in those two wingback spots, their growth and maturity and impact have been crucial to sporting success down the, down the stretch here. I'm really glad you made that point, Allie, because I think we, we talk so much about after that 10 game stretch at the beginning of the season, you get your designated players back and you start winning. And rightfully so obviously having all in Polito and Gotti Kinda available makes a big difference. I think that you draw a line to when Jake Davis and Logan and Dembe started to take that those two positions and make them their own. Because in this system, you have to have fullbacks that have engines that can just go and go and go and get up and down the pitch and get back defensively. And 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 that's what those two guys have brought to the table. I think that's that's a very well pointed out uh boost that this team has gotten through the course of this year i'll tell you what we're going to do we're going to take a break because we've got remy voltaire coming up i'm going to have a chance to talk with him about the goal he scored the performance that sporting put out there against st louis and then look ahead to this game also coming up we're going to play a chunk of taylor twelman we had him on the morning show earlier this week and some nice banter about the histories of kansas city and st louis toasted raviolis and barbecue and all of that as well so that'll be right after this on the Sporting Kansas City Show, on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, and wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back on a playoff edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. And, of course, wherever you get your podcasts, we uh, we thank you for listening and downloading and subscribing and all of those things. And we are excited now to be joined by the architect of one of those golazos that we saw uh, in that first round matchup against St. Louis. Remy Voltaire joins us on the show. Hello, Remy. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Can you describe for me what it feels like to strike a ball so perfectly? Uh, I mean, it's like I was very happy. Because uh, it was a great game and uh, it's the, the the win we we needed, so I'm very happy to score to to help the team. And it was a good goal because I saw the space when I controlled the ball and there was like three or four guys in front of me, and I saw the goalkeeper and the space like where to score, and I just put the ball with my left and and I put uh, the ball in. So it was like very good and. Very good for the team, so I'm very happy. So you did a nice job of describing what happened in the goal, but I think whenever it comes to striking a ball, I don't know if you play any golf, 
um, or any other sports where you got to really strike a ball, but there's those, those moments sometimes when you catch it so cleanly, you just know it feels right. It was that one of those moments. Yes, exactly. That one. It's not uh, often, but when it's like this, yeah. When, when, when I shoot, uh, when I shoot it on the ball, I saw directly that it would be goal. So I just like, I was already uh, in celebration uh, like Logan for his first goal. It was the same. Uh, he had this feeling too, because we talked about that and it was uh, the perfect timing, the perfect moment to do that because now, now it's playoff time. So the team needs it and, and we, we do it. So we did it. So it's good. So I, I use the word golasso. That's in Spanish. That's the word that they use when there's a big goal, like the one you just scored from long range. Is there a word in French for a golasso? Mm, but. There is only one word is but, but you can say magnifique but or, or très beau but. You can say okay. like different way, but it's but, yeah. Boot like does that mean what I think it does? Just boot like your your shoe, or does that what does that mean? Like what's the literal boot translation? Is go- boot is goal. Goal, okay. Yeah. Boot, boot okay. Is goal. But you can say boot, yeah. <laughs> like to enjoy the goal, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you you drag it out because I gotta. Last time you scored, when I got the chance to call it, I said "c'est magnifique, Voltaire." Yes, that, magnifique. I, I don't. My French, I've got to work on, so I get better. Get better. So, magnifique, magnifique boot would be a good way to describe that one. Yes, c'est un magnifique boot. Yes. Okay, perfect. How would you rank that one in in, in terms of all of the magnifique boots that you've had in your career? Sorry. How how would you rank that one? Where would that one stand? The one in St. Louis. No, one of the best. Uh... No, I mean about the the like the 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 context about the playoff, like the yeah. importance of the game. Maybe maybe yes, one of the best. But uh, I remember I scored a good goal in Seattle too, my first year here. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah maybe one of the best. Yeah. But the context, I always feel like that does matter a lot, right? Not only is it a playoff game, but it's yeah. in St. Louis where. It's crazy, Remy, you, you come from a place with so much history. And, and here in the United States, the soccer history is fairly young. And this rivalry is brand new. Yeah. But it already seems very intense. Um, can you describe what this rivalry has been like through four games already? No, we, I guess... we, we feel it. Uh, yeah, we, we, we felt it a lot. Uh, there was a, when you go on that place, there was a lot of pressure. They they try to put you on pressure. They try to press you a lot, so it's hard to play on that place. But uh, yeah, we for sure we feel the the atmosphere. It's like different than when you go away in different place, uh, and and it's good because everybody thought that we we already lose this game, you know, because uh, I saw that there is like thirteen percent of chance like we will win over there. Or yeah. something like that, but that means nothing for for us, for me, and we just show that for that game, especially we we were the better team, so we can do it. We have quality, and I'm not surprised that we did it. So, just like we now we we have to to finish the job at home. It's very important for us, and we will be ready for that because we have to. It's playoff time, and we know that it's not regular season. It's different moment, and. If we have to be good in in the season, it's now, you know. 
you referenced that poll that got put out on social media where the fans gave sporting the the lowest chance of winning of of all these first round matchups. Did you guys use that as motivation? Was that a talking point with the team? Yeah, for sure it's a motivation, but we know we know also that we we have a, a great player in the team. We have a good quality. We just start the season very bad, but after that uh we we had a, a good result uh away home uh, we show that we can keep the position we can beat some good team like uh like the big team in the league and and we show that just last week because we play one of the best team in the MLS uh they finished first in our conference so it's not nothing they they had a great a great season they were like in fire at home and we just like beat them at home so it's it means a lot for us for sure obviously the big three goals from outside of the penalty area stand out as to a big reason that you won the game I think you're the first team all year in major league soccer to have three goals come from outside of the penalty area like that but I felt watching the game that you guys deserved a result like that. You you outplayed St. Louis for the vast majority of that game. You created a lot of good chances. What was the biggest key? How were you guys able to have so much success this time out in St. Louis? I mean, uh, we play a different way than usually because we are a team that we love to keep the keep the ball, keep the possession, play a good uh, a good soccer. But at that time, uh, we know that place, it's very hard to do that because, as I told you, they put us like a lot of pressure. The atmosphere, it's hard. Uh, it's very loud, so you can hear nothing on the field. Uh, also, they love the team, um, like get the ball and then put you a pressure to get back the ball and then like score a lot of goals like with that, you know, is their quality. So they, they they love to press the team they play. And I think the, the base key is is just to to see uh, the game on a different way and just like playing more forward, uh put the ball over behind the defense. And I think it was one of the base key. Also the the coach personally asked me to to be a six when we have the ball. And when we just have the ball to play, like position myself as an eight to attack as an eight. So I just like mix two positions during that game, but it works because with Rado, I think we we did a great job on the midfield to to just lock the Jackson, the, the number, I don't remember, with the guy mm-hmm. with the hair. So we locked that guy and we, we locked the midfield in general. So it was it was good for that, but I think it's, just a whole team, you know. Uh, we did a, a great job, and and we have to do it again uh, a Sunday. That's it. I love the way you described that there because that's exactly how I do it as a commentator. The guy with the hair, the guy with the pink shoes, because I can't always see the numbers. So you you find whatever it is that that makes him stand I bet out. I it was twenty five, maybe something like yeah. this. Yeah, Azil Jackson. I think you're talking about yes. right. So um. You mentioned something there that stands out to me. You said that you were asked to play a little bit of six and a little bit of eight, depending on the circumstance in the game. That seems perfect for you because we've seen you play all of those different roles through your time in Kansas City. You're so versatile as a midfielder. Uh, How did you feel when when Peter came to you with that responsibility? Did you feel like, yeah, man, this is I'm perfectly suited for this job? 
No, that's good because I could be a, a very good six and I could be a very good eight. So I can mix both positions for sure. It just helped like physically and mentally because physically you have to do the effort, like defensive effort, but mm -hmm. also you have to go forward. So you have to do the attacking effort. So it's not easy physically and mentally you have to thinking about too much things on the field because you have a lot of responsibility. So you have to remember always like you have to thinking like how I have to defend, how I have to attack or how how I have to play on the midfield. Sometimes it's hard because, because on the field it's pretty fast. So you don't have the time to thinking a lot. But uh, I tried to do my best uh, for that game. It was good. I, I mean, it was good. And I score. So it proved that I can defend good and I can attack also. So that job is like good for me. Yeah. I think that's interesting to hear you describe it like that, because to be to be that focused and concentrated for 90 minutes under all of that pressure yeah. against a team that wants to press so much, yeah. Um, I remember Benny Failhaber telling me one time that at the end of a soccer game, you should be as mentally tired as you are physically. Yeah. And I always gave him a hard time because I said, well, that's because he's not running enough. He wasn't working hard enough. Yeah. But did, is that the truth? Did you feel that way mentally? Is it tired as you were physically after that game? Yeah, for sure. Because as I told you, when you are focused on like 100% on one position, when you play as an eight, for example, you know what you have to do and what you can do, what you cannot do. So it's pretty easy when you have one position in your head. But because you have your automatism in the game, but when you have to play uh, two positions in the same game and like mix it during the game, when you have the ball, when you don't have the ball, it's very like, it's not easy. It's very hard. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's not easy. Well, you guys made it look easy, which is important because you went and got that win. Now the return game comes to Children's Mercy Park. I understand we're we're looking at a sellout. It's going to be a huge crowd. But I want to take you back to the last time St. Louis came to Kansas City because I wasn't lucky enough to be at the game, but my wife and kids were, and they said they were surrounded by a lot of St. Louis fans who were pretty loud in the building. That's not something we see very often at Children's Mercy Park. What are, You guys got the win. That must have felt really good. What are your biggest memories of that game in Kansas City? In Kansas City? Yeah. Uh, when when we play against St. Louis, huh, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that crowd? Could yeah. you tell how, how big the St. Louis crowd was and everything? Yeah, for sure. It was very good. But like, I mean, in St. Louis, the atmosphere is very different. I don't know why, but it's like so loud. I don't know if it's yeah. a stadium or I don't know. It's very loud. It's different. But I really believe that the stadium Sunday will be on fire. And yeah. I bet on that because we, we need that. We are in a position to to go forward, to moving forward, like all together. And and we need all the support from them uh, because we know that they follow us since the beginning. Uh, we had a bad moment, but we also had a good moment. And we are here. We we haven't still uh, our place uh, for now. So we are here for a reason. And it's because we did a great job at the end. And uh, they, they have to be there and they have to put the stadium on fire because it will be easier for us to put them under pressure. 
I don't think there's any doubt. It's going to be a, a great crowd. The stadium will be on fire, like you said. It's going to be blue more than red. Um, I wonder how different the game will be. This is interesting, isn't it? Playing in a three-game series, you can end it if you guys win on Tuesday and just make it a two-game series. But do you expect a lot of changes from St. Louis, the way they play or anything like that? Or, or is it going to be just line up and play the way we just did? It's kind of interesting, isn't it, with this quick turnaround and, and three-game series? But I mean, for us, we will, like, focused on us, for sure. We will train hard. We will we will work on stuff that we want to do for the game, so we will prepare the game like hundred percent as we prepared the the last game. For them, I don't know when when you lose like the first game and it's three match series. For sure, I mean you have to change something that it doesn't work before, and you have to change because you have to win that game. You cannot you cannot lose that game because after that is done. So meaning you have to go forward and you have maybe to change something. You have to 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 take the the game with a with an, a different way. So I don't know for them. I'm not the coach from San Luis, <laughs> but yeah. we just focused on us and we will be ready for everything. Okay, Remy. Last question for you: Halloween. Did you dress up? Did you go trick or treating? Yes, yesterday. With my and? family, with my kid, I put a I put a costume for my kid uh, as a pumpkin, so it was okay. so cute. It yeah. was so cute, and I was like, um, with uh, I don't know the name in English, maybe skeleton, skeleton, skeleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like this, and he wasn't scared, so it was good. <laughs> he wasn't crying or anything like this, so it was a, a good moment. Uh, we did that at home with our French uh, friends. And we ate a pizza just to chill and just to to have a, a good moment together. Do you allow yourself to have some candy while you're at it? I mean, for me, I don't like candy. So. Oh, really? No, it's not. Uh, it's not very something that I'm. I, I love. But uh, yeah, we we had a front to outdoor, and if someone, some kids want to come to take some candy in outdoor, it's open. You know, it's yeah. like uh, yeah. Well, I hope you had a great Halloween. Hey, Remy, congratulations on the big win. I know yeah, the job's yeah. not done. You guys have yeah. a big one coming up uh, this weekend. And like you said, let's get that stadium on fire yeah. on on Sunday. Have, have, hey, best of luck on Sunday. Hopefully we talk to you again real soon. Yeah, thank you so much. huh? Okay, that is Remy Voltaire. Uh, magnifique boot. Let's see if we get another one on, on Sunday at Children's Mercy Park. We'll take a break. Allie will rejoin me and we'll wrap up this segment of the Sporting Kansas City Show right after this. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts. Fantastic conversation with Remy Voltaire. Magnifique boot. Will there be more of those this week, and we learned that's that's what you can call a golasso in French. And uh, we'll see if Sporting have more of those in store on Sunday at 4 o'clock, where you can hear Ali Trost-Martin on the call right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Ali, I almost feel like there's we're, we're giving off a little bit of a um, – I, I don't want 
anybody from Kansas City to come off overconfident here. This job is not yes. done. And I think the job needs to get done on Sunday. You don't want to go back to St. Louis in a must-win situation in a game three. So for Sporting mm-hmm. Kansas City, what does it take to get this thing done and across the line on Sunday? Daniel Shallowy said the exact same thing uh, in an interview this week, and he said it after the game as well. They don't want to go back there. And and I think for sporting the most important thing, and Nate, we've now been up close to some really disappointing home playoff losses for sporting Kansas City when they were in must-win situations. But the difference then was that there was a lot of pressure on sporting. The path was laid out perfectly for them to either have home field advantage throughout even hosting the MLS cup. That was a a scenario that was very real for them back in 2021. I think for sporting, the most important thing is to just not get ahead of themselves. I think the tweak in this playoff format is it's gotta be frustrating, right? Because if sporting Kansas city, were playing in a two game series with aggregate scoring, they've got a three nil lead over St. Louis Mm -hmm. coming in to their home environment. It's also not single elimination anymore. So they've got to just go out and just win this game outright. But I, I think that while it may be easier for, for us and, and sporting fans to, to get really excited and confident with the team that we saw, the, the sense that I get from this team is that they know there's a lot more work to be done. And that's a pressure that they've played with. And to me, it's keeping keeping a level head. But at the same time, you know, when the postseason rolls around, you've got to have players playing at their very, very best. And I think if there's one positive to really take away from what we saw in that first game against St. Louis, that could maybe tell a little bit of what sporting's postseason story might look like. And the hope is that it continues past Sunday is kind of the unlikely heroes that stepped up in that game to see Logan and Denbe score his first professional goal to see Gotti Kinda, who's had a decent season for sporting, but hasn't had maybe the season that a lot of people would expect him to have um, to see Remy Voltaire, who's not a, a, you know, go-to goal scorer on this team, score the goal that he scored. That's what you need in the playoffs to, to really make noise. And I think for sporting, it's just going to be about ensuring that every roll of the ball, you're locked in. We've seen the defense, you know, really commit to that. I think set pieces, though, is an area that I'm still a little bit concerned with the sporting team and one an area I'm sure they've been working on ahead of this uh, game, too. But to me, it, it comes down to every player from here on out having their best game. And and that is every player from top to bottom. It's going to take goals from from everybody. It's going to take defensive effort from everybody. And And I think that this team has the right mindset around it. They just have to make sure that that mindset carries in uh, to Sunday and potentially beyond. So four o'clock on Sunday. And of course the game you can hear right here on sports radio, a 10 WHB. Also Taylor Twelman will be on the call of the Apple TV uh, broadcast. And he look, he, he's made no bones about it. He's a St. He's been from, he's from St. Louis, born and raised, lives out in Boston now, but I'll obviously he's going to be calling the game and has to play it down the middle, just like we all do when we're in these situations. Uh, We had a great conversation with him on the Border Patrol on Wednesday morning. So I want to play a little chunk for you right now. We get into the history of St. Louis and Kansas City, that whole debate, the tactics of this game, and how they might change as well as sporting and St. Louis. We'll have matchup number five in the first year of the rivalry. Uh, I think this is in the conversation uh, with, you know, Seattle, Portland, Toronto, Montreal, um, L.A., L.A., absolutely. 
Um, I think what people don't fully understand, and listen, Kansas City people are going to take offense to this, but it's a fact, not an opinion. When St. Louis people are transplanted around the country and then soccer becomes part of the conversation, they're always going to be St. Louisans. And so what people don't understand, and there was always this conversation, and, and, and I enjoy animosity between fan bases because I think it's healthy, and I think it's really important for any league to have it and any sport to have it as long as it's done in the right way, and St. Louis, Kansas City has done it in the right way. But the conversation of soccer, capital, and whatnot, when you talk about the history of the United States national team, both men and women, you cannot have that conversation without St. Louis. That's mm-hmm. a fact. And so when you have those kinds of conversations with people like myself that haven't lived in St. Louis for over 23 years now, I've lived in Boston longer than I've been in St. Louis, but when the conversation comes to the sport of soccer and into the city of St. Louis, there's very few cities, Nate, in this country where soccer's at the fabric and the heartbeat of the city. And St. Louis is one of those. And so... What Sporting Kansas City did, and I will always tip my cap to the Illich family and what they did, because the Kansas City I played in felt like a halftime you know, show at the Chiefs games in front of 3,500 people where 3,200 were Twelmans. And I say that as a joke, but the truth is that's really what it was. The Illichs bought that thing and flipped it over. Sporting Kansas City became a destination to play the game, a destination to become a fan, a destination to enjoy the game at the highest level. They transformed Kansas City MLS franchise, and they are the example of what you can take with an existing franchise and turn it into. But they needed St. Louis. What the Kansas City fans don't understand is the number one team that was asking for St. Louis to come in were the Illicks. With Sporting mm-hmm. Kansas City, they needed this. It's been fantastic. It's only going to get better because you got playoff moments like this. And if Sporting Kansas City advances, it makes it even bigger because it's an eight seed over a one seed and all of this. It's so good for the league. It's so good for the sport. But make no mistake about it, you can find a St. Louisan in the middle of nowhere. You bring up the sport of soccer, they will always be a St. Louisan. I and, and it'll, it'll make some people in Kansas City mad, but I, I fully agree with you about how how much sport in Kansas City needed St. Louis to become a part of this because I think I don't I don't want to say there was complacency in Kansas City or anything like that, but sometimes you need you need somebody to kick in the butt to yep. to make you wake up and 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 keep going because. When Sporting built that stadium, it was state-of-the-art. It was the best stadium in Major League Soccer. It was one of the best atmospheres. And to the credit of the league, everybody just kept raising the bar from that. And St. Louis has raised the bar from that. They came into Kansas City, into Children's Mercy Park, and they practically took over the stadium. That might be overstating it a little bit, but it was was a huge St. Louis crowd in Kansas City. And I think that type of thing – jump starts people within the organization it jump starts the fan base and i think that whole debate that you're talking about taylor about the history of st louis versus the recent history of of kc and the argument over who who gets the claim for the better soccer city is nothing but good because then that puts pressure on both cities to keep raising the bar because if you just sit still the other city's going to fly right past you right 
Yeah, it is, but there's no reason that it, they can't. They can be mutually exclusive, Nate. And that's that's the that's the. This is the outsider, the national broadcast view. This is someone that's been out of St. Louis for a long time. But you can't have the U.S. men and women's national team history with St. Louis over 30 Hall of Famers, 75 men and women that have represented the national team at the highest of levels. You can't, you can't even you can't even have a they, there. There's parts of me that would say St. Louis has New Jersey, where everyone talks about New Jersey as being the soccer capital. That's why I found the conversation funny, because Kansas City can be a soccer city, un, undeniably, absolutely. But if you're in Kansas City and you're saying St. Louis can't be, then we really need to do a history lesson of the sport in the country, and that's where this becomes a real rivalry. Yeah. Because soccer in this country did not start in 1996. I'm going to repeat that. Soccer <laughs> did not start in this country in 1996. And we've got so many new fans, and I love the fact that we got new fans. But the best part of this country is we've got a rich history of this game. And it's been around for a long, long time. And we've had our ups, we've had our downs. And Major League Soccer is now on the up and up, and it is a rocket ship to the moon with the World Cup coming and Copa America and Messi being here and all that. But we do still in our country need to embrace our history. And we need to embrace the fact that this sport has been around a long, long time. And that's why I always joke when people say, well, which men's national team was better? Was it 2010 or 2018 and I'm, or 22? And I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Like, that's thought the World <laughs> Cup started. You know what I mean? Like, we've got history in this country, and it's a great one. That's where the rivalry for me of Kansas City and St. Louis is very good. Because the sporting Kansas City fan is saying, hang on a minute, you just got here. And I'm telling you, no, 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 no. St. Louis has been there since 1950. They just didn't have a stadium. They didn't have an owner. They didn't have a vehicle to showcase to the world on a global audience on Apple TV, hey, this is what the city of St. Louis is. You know what I mean, Nate? And, that, and Stephen, that's where this conversation is really healthy, really good, and that's why the victory from Sporting Kansas City Sunday night was even bigger because they went into that house, a house of whores, and punched St. Louis in the face where they had lost 4-0 and 4-1 and returned the favor beating them 4-1. It's fantastic. All right, so some good stuff from Taylor Twelman. I encourage you to go to the Sports Radio 810 WHB uh, app or website, and you can listen to that whole conversation if you'd like to. Taylor Twelman dressed up as Travis Kelsey because his daughter was Taylor Swift on Halloween. Hey, Allie, Cute. you know what it's like to have family in St. Louis and Kansas City. That's, that's a gutsy move on Taylor Twelman's part. I respect it. Hey, something tells me, though, that that was him just trying to, you know, be a good pops. You know, yep. that that's that's an, an outfit and a costume that I would imagine he certainly did not dictate. And, yeah, you know, it has been interesting having family in St. Louis and, you know, me in Kansas City, I do have a cousin in Kansas City as well. But, you know, my immediate family have all been SKC fans because of the work I've done with the club for the last few years. And so they, you know, have come to a lot of games in Kansas City. They've watched pretty much every game that I've been on the broadcast for, which goes all the way back to 2021. But for my other family members who, you know, maybe tuned in every now and then or are more distant, you know, second cousins, which got a lot of them uh, on the Tro side, they, uh, they're all 
they're all pretty big St. Louis city fans. And, and yeah. I come from a big soccer family yep. and soccer's just been such a, a huge part of all of our lives for so long that they, you know, of all the people in St. Louis that have been so excited to get an MLS team. I bet a lot of my family members are high up the list in terms of ones that were just really geeking out about this new team. And, you know, something I, I, I also want to note, you know, while they've created an incredible environment, the fans in St. Louis and, and the incredible season that St. Louis City's had, I, I do hope that this fandom for them carries on no matter what kind of season, you know, like it's hard to replicate a season like yeah. this, win or lose. It's yeah. really hard to replicate a season like this. And I, I, I liked your point you made earlier in the show, Nate, just about how important this rivalry is for growing the perception of this sport in the Midwest and of major league soccer in the Midwest, because this is a matchup as good as any you're going to get anywhere else in the league. Oh, man, it's going to be so much fun on Sunday afternoon, sporting Kansas City against St. Louis. And another thing, I'm not looking ahead at all here, because as we said, they've got to take care of business. If they can, though, that also offers up a lengthier period of rest for some of these guys that have really been dealing with Knox through the course of the year, for sure. And and I think that goes back to the, the fact that this team, Ali, has been playing playoff caliber soccer or playoff pressure soccer for weeks now. And I, so I think that for them going into this game, this is just, this is, this is the equilibrium for them. This is the world they've been living in for, for quite some time. So I think they should be gassed up for it in that regard as well. Not too high or too low. Hundred percent, and I think that is the most important thing. Anytime you're playing in a high stakes game, and anytime you take inventory of an entire season, you know it's important not to, you know, ride the highs too high or the lows too low. And I think you know with sporting, I'll never forget. I want to say it was 2021 when they crashed out against RSL and had the path for MLS Cup to come to Kansas City in front of them. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it was maybe Johnny Russell post game. Uh, in an interview just said, you know, we, we just didn't have it. We didn't rise to, to the occasion. We, we just let the the pressure of the situation. It just, I, I don't know what that was. And, and I think for this team playoff experience aside, which a lot of players on this team have, I think it's really important that a lot of the key players on this team have the experience of losing in the way that this team has lost in the playoffs in recent years. Because it's one thing to lose, but it's another thing to lose when you know that you could have done better and you should have done better, not only for how you know that you could show up and play in a game, but for how the seating lays out as well. Every team wants to be able to play at home in the playoffs. But Sporting saw that that wasn't enough for them in 2020 or in 2021. So now you just don't let that let that pressure, if it ever creeps in your mind, slide right off of you because Sporting have already achieved some incredible, incredible things this season, and they have no signs of sl- of slowing down. And I, I do think with this group not having some of that pressure uh, is actually going to to continue to help them. And I know Jacob Peterson for listening. Pressure is a privilege, a hundred percent. And I think that there's always <laughs> going to be a level of pressure that you play with, but that only is increased when it comes to things like playoffs and seating and home field advantage and whatnot. Sporting know they got to go win on the road, but they've had to be winning on the road in multiple situations this year. And they've done so in some pretty tough environments as well. Well, they get one more home game and they've got a chance. They've got a chance to get to the next round of the playoffs. If they can take care of business on Sunday 
4 o'clock, Children's Mercy Park, Alley, Trost, Martin. And is Jacob back? Is he back in the country? I know he's been out yes. working. So he's we back on the back call. on the call. Oh, I'm the so excited. I know. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm having FOMO, but I'll be watching you guys. Uh, Allie, have a great call. Everybody have a great time out at the stadium. Be loud. As, as Remy Voltaire said, the stadium must be fire on Sunday at Children's Mercy Park. That's going to do it for us. And hopefully we're talking to you next week about a next round playoff situation. We'll keep our fingers crossed. We'll see. That'll do it for us on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show.